0: Colts training camp wrapped up yesterday. We're about a w- couple weeks out of the regular season. We have one more preseason game in Detroit. They took off today. That will be tomorrow on Friday. And going to go over some of the bright spots. There's a bunch of them for training camp. Did you go out any more days other than that one, or did you go multiple?
1: I went one of those days, and then uh, other than nah, that, I just kept up with the Colts' like Instagram page, watching yeah. what they're doing. But anyways, Jonathan T- Jonathan Taylor, Bobby Okereke, they played every single day, which is great to see, definitely with the running back, because, like, you have Carson Wentz out. I mean, he's not really out, but, like, with the injury happening, and then you don't want to see anybody else after your quarterback. So right.
0: Good and Jonathan Taylor hasn't played any preseason yet, but he's fully healthy. Like you said, played every day so far in training camp. Another bright spot I have on here is Quiddy Pay, and – uh the only preseason game he has played in was the second one against the Vikings, and he got a sack, which was a very yeah. impressive sack. Granted, it was against a backup lineman, but beat him off the jump and got to Kirk Cousins, which I think we're going to see a lot of that this year.
1: Yeah, I like what he paid a lot. Um, I think he was someone that I really didn't even – I like. I thought the Colts might get him, but he was someone that I was just like, ah, I probably won't pick him. But like now that he's playing, he, he looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be anything – insane but I mean
0: I mean he's the first yeah. round draft pick to have a lot of hopes for him uh, and he'll get a lot of action so I think he'll grow on this team and uh, I think he's gonna be pretty dominant alongside uh, DeForest Buckner and everyone else on that D-line who the coaching staff and Frank Reich have a lot of uh, hopes for this season because uh, yeah. last year was a little lackluster we didn't really get to the quarterback a lot and even if we would get close to the quarterback it would be we wouldn't wrap him up all the way and then he'd make a play off of that so hopefully we can get to the quarterback and stop a lot of big plays from happening
1: yeah see I think that's one thing of the Colson to get better at is like that's definitely what they're doing obviously is going towards the quarterback because I mean everything it's like dominoes you get to the quarterback then that's when the DB start playing better because they make worse throws yeah and when you got a bad line Sometimes it can reflect on your DBs worse just because they're taking so many reps whenever the quarterback has all day long. Yeah, so.
0: it allows your their opposing QB to get in a rhythm. Like you want to make that guy as as uncomfortable as possible in the pocket. You don't want to yep. give him a lot of time. And uh, hopefully the Colts can make some strides towards that this year because, like I said, last year just just wasn't it for us uh, pass rush wise.
1: We had like we on paper like with takeaways and stuff. I feel like we looked good. Oh yeah, because we were the number one fantasy like. Uh, defense but like really like
0: teams such as the Steelers shredded us with the pass going deep like it was I mean earlier crazy. in the year Sam Darnold on the Jets would shred us because remember how how close we were to getting so many sacks that game and he would just escape like that's dude, yeah, so no, frustrating that to watch
1: though, Mike Glennon was
0: dude stop we're not going to talk about Glennon anymore on this podcast <laughs> alright so Eason versus
1: Ellinger Colts haven't committed to a backup. Honestly, I think it was Eason, but I—you never know. Like honestly,
0: yeah. Um, it's it's probably gonna be Eason. I don't see any how Ellinger can take a spot considering how he's played in the preseason. Hasn't played bad, but hasn't really hasn't really shined. I think Eason's played a little bit better just because he hasn't thrown multiple picks. But um, it's it's just good that Wentz is back and probably going to play week one I know nothing is official we don't want to get ahead of ourselves but probably going to play week one and we don't have to have this big discussion about Easton versus Ellinger who's going to start until Wentz is back because I think we have our answer
1: yeah I'm I'm liking the Easton backup let's keep that right there let's hope we don't hear Easton Ellinger is a starter like anytime soon but yeah um, <laughs> so Wentz is back He's all go in the last three practices. He did all the seven on seven reps, but no eleven on eleven yet.
0: Which is expected. Uh, seven on seven is no pass rush, barely any line. I don't think there's any line either. Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe a center. It's, it's
1: just the like, it's a uh, five receivers running back in a.
0: Corner. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and I've seen a couple clips, man. It's looking good. Uh, he's. He's done a little, bit, a couple picks. Uh, I, I saw a pick six by. I already forget who it was, but the defense was obviously uh, super hyped about that.
1: Oh, was uh, wasn't it wasn't Rodgers? Yeah,
0: I think it was Isaiah Rodgers. Yeah, um, it that. just it just feels really good to see him out there, and I know he missed a couple weeks, but remember right when he got injured, and everyone we were on that five to twelve week thing that he would even be back at practice. Uh, it just feels yeah, good because yeah. we were saying you want him to be out there during training camp getting these reps building the relationship with the receivers with his line just with the whole team and he only missed two weeks and that feels really good uh to see where he's at now and if you if you listen to him in an interview if you listen to the team he's all he's all go he's just he's taking it a little slower he's not going to rush into it but he's if, if he could go out and play tomorrow i guarantee he would
1: yeah that's that's probably how he feels about it i mean like I want Wentz back as soon as possible, but the thing is, you don't want to get him injured, which I think he should be good. Well, I mean, I don't know, but like
0: yeah, obviously he's not gonna play in the preseason finale against Detroit. Um, just slowly work him into that eleven on eleven, starting to see if he can uh get comfortable with the pass rush, and I don't know. I have yet to hear anything about uh, Nelson as like in terms of like how he's coming back, kind of like Wentz is. Uh, I think he's he's just as good though. In the process, um, it's a little bit different when you're over 300 pounds and you have a foot injury. But just just the videos of Wentz and practice, like it going, good. yeah, man, like the way he's like pivoting on his foot, he's putting on the way, he's running up and down the field, he's he's all systems go, and that just feels really amazing.
1: Yeah, I just hope that he doesn't. I don't know. I just really hope. Because it's going to start feeling better. I really hope that it's healed when it starts feeling better because, like, I don't know, man. I just hope that doesn't get hurt again. I don't think it should. I don't know if it's, like, a really crazy injury because, like, technically what they did was is remove the bone. It wasn't like – I don't – I would think if you remove the bone, it can't get re-injured, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, Uh. I think the re-injury possibility is very slim, but on, like, that specific part of his foot. But, yeah. I mean, you know football, and you know Colts football, and he- kind of injury can just pop up out of nowhere and just have you out for however many weeks, if not the season. So um, it just sucks that we're in that, like, scared, superstitious, like, feeling because yeah. every year it seems like someone big gets injured, a part of our team, and we're always just hoping maybe maybe next year will be good, maybe next year. But injuries are a part of football, and you got to hope to uh, minimize them against your high-impact players.
1: Yeah, so we're going to move on to some other players that... We'll, we'll mention them as well so they can get mentioned. Blagenship. the specs baby, you better respect them. Hundred percent all camp and preseason obviously got him the number one spot, but they had to have someone there just to, you know kind of push him so he doesn't just get complacent with himself. So
0: and uh, it was like Eddie Pierno or P- I forget his last yeah, name, but he Piero. was he was really really good too. He they were both hundred percent in camp and all the preseason but uh we actually he cut him
1: he wasn't there to play. Here he probably already knew yeah. that. he wasn't
0: there to play. He was literally just there so Blake Ship can have a just, little competition. Yeah. And I and then, I remember yeah. when he got when we released him people were saying we could have probably got a draft pick some sort of late draft pick for him but we just sent him out to the open market. Somebody should pick him up. Um also Kenny Moore man, I'm excited to see him probably one of the best slot defenders in the game. Uh, just consistent yeah. plays all camp, and they they had that joint practice with the Panthers last week, and on the one-on-one drills, he didn't allow a single reception, the whole entire drill. Just, just a dominant force out there, and I'm glad he's on the Colts.
1: So another player is, uh, we're going to correct this now on the podcast, yeah. I, I believe we were saying Mike Straken, which is exactly what it looks like. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I I kind of thought in my head maybe it's pronounced some other way, but I was like, I'm not going to try to like.
0: it. looks like Straken. That that was a very yeah. good attempt. Yeah.
1: But it's actually strong. It's Mike strong, uh, mega strong. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, turned into a fan favorite mostly because his athletic ability and his size, he stands out from everybody, and he's getting plenty of reps. I mean, I saw him go with the number one squad a couple times, I believe. Yep.
0: And this is a guy out of Charleston. This is a guy who didn't even play football last year. The team he was on, that whole league, was canceled because of COVID. And we drafted him. That's why he went so unknown, I feel like, in the draft. And we got a stud at the wide receiver position. And hopefully he just continues to make strides. I think he's going to be a very good red zone threat for this team. Uh, And I think him and Wentz are going to build a bond that is going to go for a long time.
1: Yeah. Um, just remember, if you like, remember wide receiver, any position you be drafted, at any place or anywhere in the draft, and still be insane. Like yep. obviously the Tom Brady thing. Antonio Brown was drafted in the sixth round. Like, yep. I mean, this. I think this is one of those guys that we're gonna see. You know, three, four, five years from now, and like, damn, he was drafted in the seventh round. Like,
0: I mean, because I feel God. like all wide receivers. Obviously, if they're going to the NFL, they're playmakers, and they have that yeah. ability. It's just who's going to develop them, who's going to be throwing to and what teams are they going to go to? Like, I, I always like receivers in the draft, and that's why you can go so deep in the draft and still get someone like Mike Strawn on your team.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I feel like with I, – I love scouting. I love looking at players and being like, all right, this guy's going to be good. It's kind of like gambling almost. Yeah. And whenever you look at wide receivers, it's like – quarterbacks i feel like it's harder obviously as with anything but the receivers you know all it really is, is athleticism and if they're like have good awareness that's also a crazy thing that's like you know underrated in the NFL.
0: yeah and I, I also think i don't know if this is true or not because obviously i'm not a coach or anything but i feel like receivers are might be one of the easiest uh positions to like develop in the league and I think like a good training yeah. camp is good develop their hands develop their just their awareness their toughness I think is a big one and if the Colts have really good corners and really good safeties and just going through the linebackers like when you're going crossing routes like they're they're not gonna make it easy for him and during training camp during practices and I feel like that's gonna make him even better um especially right now as he, as you see we the dudes we haven't even seen him play in a real game and he's already, like, one of our favorite receivers on the team.
1: I, I think – I don't know. The receiving court this year, I'm not – Look, okay, so I love every Colts player, but, like, when I see him on the field, there's certain players I just think aren't – play. Like, there is playmakers, but, like, for example, what I'm trying to get at is, like, Zach Pascal is a really good wide receiver, but, like, I don't think Zach Pascal is a superstar material. Like,
0: Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. He just has those – He'll, he'll make a big play like here and there. Yeah. Other than that, he's just real quiet. Nothing, but he's reliable. He's I think he's one of he's the most reliable. reliable receivers on the team.
1: And I think like Mike, the thing about Mike Strain is he just he's got. I think he has superstar ability. Like TFL has superstar ability. You know, I don't know. You can and I think his
0: size receiver. plays a big part of that yeah. too. His size and his build, and he can only get bigger because he's really not. I don't know, actually. Now that I say it out loud, I might be wrong. But he's not, like, that, like, heavy and, like, muscular. Yeah, he's, he's like, tall and kind of not really skinny. But I feel like he can get a lot more muscle to him to be like that Megatron. That's why we're calling him Megastron.
1: Actually, I want to compare him. I think I saw something. He has bigger hands than Megatron, actually. But I'm trying to see how much Megatron weight. I literally hurt that
0: Megatron weight. (laughs) (laughs) Calvin Johnson, uh, man. 239. 6'5", 239.
1: And how big um, Okay, so yeah, Mike, Mike Sean weighs about 13 pounds less than Megatron did in his prime. So. And they're
0: both 6'5", six, 6'4"-ish.
1: Six, yeah, so he could be... If he could gain... I think if he gained 10 pounds, I don't know if that would, like... I don't know his speed. I don't know if he's, like, already slow or something. I don't think he's slow, but, like... If he's slower than what he's supposed to be. That might play a factor in if he gains weight. But
0: there's just so much room for development with Mike Strong and I feel like that's why we're so high on him. That's why we have so much like we're just anticipating him to just get better and better as the as the years go on.
1: And speaking about weight, I also saw a lot of things that people are saying Wentz looks skinnier, and also I don't know if this was just me looking out there and like noticing it, but like I truly believe Jonathan Taylor lost weight. I don't. I don't. I, I haven't him seen him like I looked at him, he didn't look cause when you look at somebody and you see their size, you usually think, Oh, that's that player immediately in my head. I looked past and like I saw twenty eight and I'm like, that doesn't even look like Jonathan Taylor, like <sighs> But it might have just be because I never saw him. Like he literally looked the same size as Marlon Mack. Like he didn't look anything crazy, but
0: yeah. obviously
1: I was a ways away, wasn't up close to him, so
0: Alright, so that was a little bit of the bright spot stuff we liked uh, from training camp the last couple weeks. Now let's talk about a little bit of stuff we really don't like. Uh, starting obviously off, go ahead. Yeah. yeah,
1: obviously the injuries. It's uh,
0: it seems fine
1: now, but you know it sucks whenever you're just starting training camp and then your players get hurt and it's like, oh, here we go again.
0: And it's your big players. it's your new QB, and it's your number one offensive lineman in the league, Quentin Nelson. Probably
1: number one player on the team that's known.
0: Like, yeah. So like, uh, it's a it's unfortunate to have to go through, but. I'm pretty sure it'll be fine, and just props to the Colts, man. Uh, I know they didn't like they didn't like cause the injury to find out, but they acted quickly. They did. They both did the surgeries because they know like, that. Yeah, they don't. They don't want this to better to have it now than any point in the regular season.
1: Ellinger's preseason ints. Um, this is something I was like completely aware of, but yeah, I guess it does show in the stats. Like he threw three picks uh, in yeah. two games. So I mean, it's it's a learning, it's a learning experience. But like, I, don't know, I did watch some of those, and it looked there was a, like I think two of them were tipped.
0: Yeah, two of them against the Vikings were tipped. I think one of them probably shouldn't have been thrown. Um, the the defender kind of stepped in front of the route, caused like bumped into the receiver, bounced off the receiver, went straight up in the air, and some other player I picked said. it. It was
1: a lineman, I think. I think is what happened.
0: Yeah. So like. I don't know. It was a bad throw, which led to an interception. So it's kind of your fault, but but you have Eason on the other hand, who's in the same position as Ellinger. Haven't played anything. They're competing for this backup yeah. spot, and he's and he played pretty solid during the uh, preseason. Didn't really like. He played solid, meaning he didn't throw a pick. He could have played way better, but he didn't turn uh, the ball over. He got was he the one that got strip sacked or was that Ellinger the first game? I think it was Eason. Uh,
1: yeah, it was Easton. They definitely got shipped sacked.
0: So, like, bet definitely room for improvement for both. But I think Ellinger, just those INTs, were just a little annoying to watch as a fan.
1: And are you this next one we got up here? Is this one true?
0: That's what I'm here. I'm listening to a bunch of Colts podcast, and he's just not. He's not standing out. He might listen. Go ahead.
1: Might be the number four running back on the depth chart. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> what has he done to impress, though?
1: I, I don't know. To just be honest, like I don't even have we seen him in the preseason. I don't even remember.
0: Yeah, we've seen him a lot in the preseason. He I played it. He played play. almost the whole first half of the first game and a really big chunk of the first half of the second game too.
1: Second game, I wasn't watching too much, but I mean, I watched it, but I was kind of in the middle of a fantasy draft, so yeah. But Marlon Mac, if that's true, I think we should trade him
0: because so, what's, obviously what's, what's we, we have two, three. obviously we have Jonathan Taylor. I'd put Naheem Hines second, and then Jordan Wilkins. I feel like compared to Marla Mack, yeah. he's not coming off an injury, and you know what you're going to get from Jordan Wilkins. You're going to get hard running end zone to end zone, north-south, at your face. And then Marla Mack, who, I mean, granted, our line is in shambles right now, and it's the preseason line. So I'm not saying Marla Mack is, like, this is just a hard discussion because I know we, we know Marla Mack's potential. Especially with a healthy O line. And he's as healthy as it gets. Like, he's there's no setbacks with him. Uh, he's pretty much all go. But he's just, it's lackluster performances so far, in my opinion.
1: So I think what possibly could be the deal here is obviously, like I said, I went to training camp, watched it. I guess it's still happening. Naim Hines, specifically playing with receiver core at. Uh, when they do adjust their positions, mm-hmm. position group—that's what it's called—and I think what's gonna happen is Hines will have the role of more, just slot. We've said that a thousand times. Uh, he'll run the ball a little bit. Taylor's obviously number one. Wilkins will be number two, and then Mac will technically be four, but it'll be three. So I could see him getting four or five carries a game, and if he does something with those four or five carries a game, then they might
0: move him up. See, I don't—I don't even think. I have it down that he might be the fourth running back, but in a game, regular season, I don't see the Colts going with Wilkins over Mac. Yeah, because I, I just because Wilkins like Wilkins be has winning. always been that like late game runner for the Colts, and I don't see him that being over Marla Mack, who was our dominant running back before he got injured.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Taylor obviously number one. It makes me mad. I was play I pl- I'm playing a franchise right now, and Jonathan Taylor is not my running back. Marlon Mack is.
0: <laughs> you have them both. Or are you on? Are yeah, you? Are yeah. you the Colts?
1: Yeah, I'm the Colts, and the overalls are like, Marlon Mack is a higher overall, and they. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel weird starting. Anyway, <laughs> Marlon Mack. I don't know. He's good. He proved himself in the NFL. He's good. But Jonathan Taylor's always. I think he's proved himself to me at least.
0: Oh, definitely. And I kind of take that back. I said he's got a lot of, like, on-field time, but he only got three carries in the first game and then four carries in the second game. But
1: we could see, like, think about it. If he gets all the carries that Zeke and Saquon were getting their first couple years, we're going to see something crazy.
0: Yeah, and I was talking about Marlon Mack, too, when I said those carries numbers. Um, I said, like, because at the beginning I talked about he he has a lot of preseason time but only seven carries in two games. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll see when... It's just hard talking about this kind of stuff in preseason because, I mean, a lot of the time it's... You just want your guys out there to get their game reps in, their their legs behind them, stuff like that. But I guess we'll see in the regular season.
1: So, moving on to O-line. Uh, basically, we need Fisher back ASAP.
0: Facts. Um,
1: I think Sam Tevy is he have long hair?
0: Yes. He's the guy that we got from the Chargers, I think.
1: Yeah, dude, that is the guy that when I was at training camp, dude, so every time, basically, he jumped, like, four or five times when I was there. Like, he was insane. And he just kept freaking out mad every time. Wasn't
0: it, like, consecutive, like, plays in a row, you said?
1: Yeah, there was two in a row that he did it. And then, like, later on, they did, like, another 11-11 session, and he did it two times again. I don't know if it was, like, the same play that he kept messing up or what, but, like, I was like, come on, guy, like, you're in the NFL, man. Don't jump.
0: Yeah, so I think what's going to happen is they're going to go with Julian Davenport, who I guess he's judging off what other people are saying about recent training camps. And he had a, they had a pretty decent day uh, in Minnesota, but they're going to go with Davenport until we get Fisher back. Uh, I heard Coach Reich say yesterday in a press conference after camp, um, still no time uh, about Fisher's return, but he's he's looking good in his recovery process. Again, he's coming off that uh, Achilles injury at the very end of the last season. A uh, big reason why uh, Patrick Mahomes had no help in the Super Bowl because his yeah, starting left tackle he was died. gone. He just died. Yeah. So once Eric Fisher gets back, once Quentin Nelson gets back, Kelly's back. Kelly's finally back out there. That. Yeah. Uh, the,
1: it's gonna be one at a time. Someone's gonna be hurt, it's gonna get back good. Someone else is gonna get hurt, get back. It's how it works.
0: I'm knocking on wood right now. As you say that, we just gotta hope. I'm, I'm knocking on plastic. So, so let's let's go Colts. Uh, one more preseason game. No more training camp. It's back to regular practices and gearing up for Week One against Seattle. Uh,
1: the tiebreaker viewers out there, like if you guys have not realized, I we're pretty much moving into more centralized Colts stuff, but we're gonna be talking about the rest of the league as well. Yeah. Um, more because if we talk to you about the Colts, we can go in detail, tell you exactly this, this, that, that.
0: And that's know, the one, like, the major game every week that we'll watch from start to finish. We'll browse other games, stuff like that. But we are highly invested every Sunday in the Colts game. So I think that's why, if like, once a week during the regular season, we will talk about how the Colts did and then maybe another episode previewing the upcoming matchup maybe not so much and if we do that that won't be such a Colts heavy episode like the recaps would but we'll definitely be a big big Colts heavy uh once the regular season kicks off
1: as moving away from the Colts in this podcast we're gonna move on to the rest of the NFL um some quarterback battles ending yes quarterback battles ending I think the one that really bothered me was Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it didn't really bother me because I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot, but I think that was kind of like kind of whoa was – I think Drew Locke should be the starter because I like the way he played in the preseason for one. Um, I like him as a person. I like him as a player. I think he's – I don't know. I just think he has the potential, and I think that maybe they're right. He's not ready to play in the league, and that's why they're putting Bridgewater in because he's more of the vet. Um. Bridgewater is the type of quarterback that he might not put up the yards, but he can put up the yards. He'll win you games. That's kind of how he plays.
0: Yeah, he's he's proven in the NFL. And you said he liked how Drew Locke's been playing in the preseason. Uh, preseason opener, five of seven, 151 yards, average 21 yards a pass, and two touchdowns. So solid to start the preseason. Let me pull up week two. Um, they played the Seahawks. They're dominant in preseason, 33-6 to 6 win and then 30-3 to 3 win.
1: Yeah, um, if you guys bet on FanDuel, just know you got to go with the Broncos.
0: Uh, Drew Locke against in Seattle, uh, their second preseason game, 9-14, 80 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So it's pretty solid. And if you're going to uh, take
1: Teddy Bridgewater's stats last year, he did have a high completion rate, about 70%, uh, but he went 4-11, Ah, uh, three thousand seven hundred thirty-three yards and fifteen TDs with eleven picks, which is very, very you know, kind of moving to a backup kind of stats. Yeah, won't get the job done. His record isn't bad overall as a QB. It's twenty-six and twenty-three, which so basically before last year he was um, twenty-two and eleven. So he was basically
0: he was every t- up.
1: every three games he's winning two games. So yeah, that was pretty good. Last year kind of ruined his stats. I feel like. Cause he, I'm pretty sure when he played with the Saints, he was balling out whenever he came in. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he went five and zero with the Saints, so that was one thing to look at. It also could have been in Carolina; they were also missing McCaffrey most of the year, and the offense has kind of falling apart. But yeah, the year he played with the Saints, he had nine touchdowns, two interceptions, which is pretty good. Went five and zero, and had thirteen hundred yards in five games, so you know, average around two twenty a game. You said he
0: had a 70-something percent completion percentage last year? Yeah, last year it was like 69-point-something. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, he was efficient in his right, but then the offense probably couldn't score a lot of touchdowns. A lot of drives got stalled. He didn't have McCaffrey, like you said, to finish out drives to score those touchdowns. You know how much of a touchdown machine he is. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense why he didn't find much success last year. But uh, I don't know how much he'll find in Denver – compared to the Panthers, because they don't have a superstar running back. They have decent receivers, Bridgewater. but...
1: Bridgewater, I feel like he needs a dominant running back behind him, because if you look at the stats, um, basically Carolina, I don't know the correlation between him and McCaffrey that year. Um, he went 5-0 with Kamara behind him. That happened, and I believe, yeah, 2015, I can't remember exactly who his running back was, but you can notice that he went 11-5, and only throwing 14 touchdowns. Yeah. So, obviously, there's someone else scoring touchdowns there. I feel like maybe if you have a good running back, he's going to be your man. But I think the reason why he did so bad last year was because he didn't have a good running back most of the year. Yeah. So, you got to get Melvin Gordon or I think it's, it's Javante
0: Williams, Royce yeah, Freeman.
1: Williams. A pretty decent core back there. I think Melvin Gordon's pretty good. But
0: um, they need to figure out something with that. I think Drew Locke will be better for that team, at least. And. Who knows if Teddy Bridgewater's not that consistent? They'll probably throw Drew Lock in there.
1: Look at Drew Lock's stats. Last year, Drew Lock went four uh, nine. I mean, these his stats don't look any better, honestly, if not worse. Actually, his first year, he went four and one, which is actually pretty impressive. But he went four nine last year. I actually didn't even realize he played that many games. I didn't even think I was thinking he only played a couple. But yeah, he. Uh, Threw 16 touchdowns, 15 INTs. Oh, I don't know.
0: Nothing crazy.
1: So, other than that, we also got Lawrence starting over Minshew, and Minshew was, I don't know, he's probably heated about it. I don't know.
0: But what do you expect? you think the number one overall pick's not going to start week one?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Minshew is probably, I don't know, it sucks for Minshew. I feel like Minshew could be a kind of like a Joe Flacco somewhere, or maybe like Joe Flacco out of his prime. <laughs> any sense? like he's not going to be like a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes obviously cuz he's Gardner Minshew, but he could fill a role somewhere i feel like.
0: Yeah. So shout out T Law. We're going to we're going to see him twice a year. We're going to dominate them twice a year, I'm going to be honest if we
1: Sucks that uh, Travis Etienne is hurt though. I mean James He's out for a season, can... isn't he? Yeah, he's out for the entire season. <laughs> I've been hearing honestly, i just looked at today uh Urban Meyer apparently The Jags players are not liking him because they say that uh, some of the NFL vets around there, even some of the coaches were kind of saying that he's bringing too much terminology from college and they're not liking it. And apparently it's causing, you know, some friction between people in there. So So I wonder
0: how that that would be a bad thing. Um, Now, is that just NFL old heads and old head coaches just thinking it won't work? Or is that Urban Meyer thinking it will work? When the players know that it won't, so they need—that's weird.
1: That's the thing is, I saw people like saying like, that's a team just needs to follow the coach no matter what they do, and that's yeah. how it works. Have full that's confidence
0: even, in your leader. Even
1: if it's even if he's making a bad decision, if you go full in with him, it's gonna be better than if you didn't believe in him. Like, it's—he might be bringing stuff that's not relevant to the NFL, but I mean like, does not mean it won't work? I don't know. Try something new. I remember, I remember back. I don't ever remember watching pistol formations back in the day, like, honestly. And now I see it a lot. Yeah. And it works out. I
0: mean. Hey, Urban Meyer might be revolutionizing the NFL. All right, moving on from some of the quarterback battles, uh, some underestimated wide receivers. Who do you want to talk about?
1: So I brought up this. I don't have exactly everyone's stats pulled up russell gage was my number one wide receiver that is so underrated like literally in my fancy drafts we're not specifically talking about fancy but like this is just showing how relevant he is like he wasn't even on the top i think it was like top 40 top he wasn't even top 50 i don't think in receivers um which is kind of crazy because last year russell gage i just looked at his stats he had like 786 yards i believe and that was with i mean julio jones didn't play the whole year yeah, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, it's se- I don't know how I remember it, 786, but yeah, 786 yards and four touchdowns. That was with Julio, with Calvin Ridley, and
0: averaging almost 11 yards a catch too. Like that's
1: yeah. So basically, the reason why you saw Calvin Ridley pop off before last year was because he was everyone's on Julio. They're gonna be all on Julio. Yeah. So you know, obviously the effects gonna happen to Russell Gage. So I believe he could hit a thousand yards this year it's only going to take one or two more big catches, Yeah. but the only problem with him is he's, he's not going to be your red zone guy, he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns, but I mean, almost 11
0: yards a catch is kind of crazy. And without Julio Jones being there, it could open up a lot of the opportunities for this guy.
1: Oh, no, I, I remember last year I picked up in fantasy, and I was like, who is this guy? And he was kind of getting yards, and I was like, all right. And now this year, I just don't understand why no one's talking about him, but
0: Moving on, obviously, we talked about him in the beginning. Don't have to talk about him much, but an underestimated receiver because I feel like if you're not a Colts fan, you don't know anything. You probably haven't even heard the guy's name, but Mike Strawn, again, for all you guys listening. Very underestimated.
1: Uh, another guy I put on here, Marvin Jones. He's I think this is probably one of the um, – not the worst guys on here, but I think that he's probably the guy that is the only one on here that I could see maybe regress, but – Marvin Jones had 978 yards last year and nine touchdowns. And he's going to be brought into this system that I believe could be a pass-heavy offense. And Marvin Jones is like the only veteran wide receiver out there. Yeah. So, I mean, also in training camp, we've been seeing uh, – what's his name? Trevor Lawrence throwing to him pretty well. So, I don't know. I just think it's something that I haven't heard of. Because I know Marvin Jones and the past people are like, oh, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones then now this year you're not hearing his name too often.
0: And he could actually do pretty well this year because someone, like you said, he's one of the most experienced receivers on the team. With someone like Trevor Lawrence coming in, that's who you want to try and go to and learn a lot about is your veteran receiver. Uh, Could be a reliable receiver for uh, Lawrence, for sure. Who else you got on here? Your Cowboys
1: Super Bowl team, baby. (laughs) Uh, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb... The only reason I believe in this is because let me exactly pull up his stats so I can show you exact numbers. So, T. Lamb is – I think he's a great wide receiver. He's going to be like one of those – yeah, so 935 yards last year, five touchdowns, uh, averaging eight yards per catch. So, 74 receptions, 935 yards. This man played with Andy Dalton part of that year. Yeah. So how many weeks did uh, Dak play?
0: Uh, I maybe, maybe five five. yeah, less than ten for sure.
1: Yeah, so he played, he played five games. So let's look at CD Lamb's stats through his first five games. Not all his stats came from the first five games is what I'm trying to get at. So yeah, he has Andy Dalton throwing to him, and part of the year it wasn't even Andy Dalton, and he's balling out like. He gets 11 for 124 against the Giants. Like, That's a rookie, too, a by the
0: way. That's a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie in a team that was falling apart last year, lost all their star players, defense was in shambles, and he continued to ball out. Yeah, it's, I
1: think that he basically proved that he's someone that can get targets because, I mean, he's balling out, obviously. And with Dak Prescott being out there and him being one of those players that can make plays and one of the best QBs in the league – I mean, he has it going for him. He's not going to be the number one wide receiver on the team either. So I think next year that kind of what is what's going to move into if Mario Cooper gets moved away. I don't know. but
0: Yeah. I mean, we've all been a fan of CeeDee Lamb since college at Oklahoma. Uh, I was kind of hyped to see him go to the Cowboys. Unfortunately, we didn't really see a lot of it go well last year. I mean, Dak throwing to him. Um, but hopefully if everyone stays healthy this year on that Cowboys, I think he's going to be a very, very big part of their offense.